Dude, I just got off the phone with Tag. Tag, Tag. Oh, yeah, over at Uncommon. Dude, do you know another Tag? Anyway, Uncommon just opened up their resume database of 100 million candidates to recruiters for free. Whoa, wait, what? Yeah, Uncommon's releasing their new database matching tech in beta before the end of the year, and they want to show it off to recruiters for free. All right, let me get this straight. Recruiters can sign up for Uncommon's beta, post their jobs into the system. The system then matches only qualified candidates from Uncommon's database of 100 million candidates. And this is all for free? I know, dude. Dude, Uncommon has some of the best matching tech in the industry. That'll be like cheating for recruiters. I know. Uncommon uses the qualifications in the job description to automatically source, screen, and deliver candidates that meet all requirements. It's pretty freaking dope. Did you just say dope? Here's how you register. Go to uncommon.co, click on the join beta button, and for all you Chad and Cheese listeners, if you use the promo code Chad Cheese, you will get extended by a full week. I'm sorry. Did you really say dope? Dude, shut up. Tell your recruiter buddies, Uncommon.co, join beta, Chad Cheese, it's dope. Hide your kids, lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Boom. Welcome Woo-hoo. to the Chad and Cheese podcast. This is Chad Sowash. The way too early edition. Yeah. And that's that's Joel Cheeseman, by the way. Uh, just so that you know, today, once again, Chad and Cheese are committed to bringing you the most high quality guests on our show. Well, maybe not today. So today... Ouch. We have Adam Godson, who is the high commander of recruitment technology at Cielo. Did, did I get that uh, title right, Adam? High commander. High commander. I'll take it. Also I'll take it. The, Why not? The most biblical name on the show to date. <laughs> Adam <laughs> Very much Godson. Eve yes. Godson is on next week. Yeah, she was unavailable today. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like Odin's son. Is that what you're thinking? A little Mar- Marvel action. Oh, so, so everybody out there. And just for Joel as well, Adam already speaks fast as it is. Okay. He's a quick talker and then he speaks faster when he gets excited. So when he talks about recruitment technology, he speaks very fast. So I suggest that everybody listening to this podcast, listen at half speed so you can understand. <laughs> That's right. Back it off. Back it off just a little bit. And, and if you're, and if you're in a pot legal state, go ahead and smoke <laughs> up while you do that. <laughs> Which Wisconsin is not. And that's where Adam's at. That's true. So uh, Adam, give us a little bit of background about you, Cielo. What the hell is a Cielo? Give us a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I lead technology globally at Cielo. So uh, Cielo is recruitment process outsourcing. So uh, we um, hire some or all of, uh, of, of a company's hires uh, always under their brand. So we have a We Become You promise. So People apply to a, one of our uh, partner companies. They think they're talking to a recruiter that works for them. They're actually talking to a recruiter that works for us. Um, and so we drive process and outcomes through um, uh, outsourced hiring. But my role is the 
best role in the company, uh, and I work on technology systems. Uh, and so we've got a few technology systems that we bring to help recruitment. Uh, we typically work with our clients' uh, HES systems. So think of that what, what you will, but we oftentimes inherit those. So we, uh, we use 27 different applicant tracking systems uh, in our client ecosystem. So uh, some of them better than others. Uh, and so like 1% <laughs> of them. <laughs> right, exactly. That, that actually is fairly close. Um, but uh, and then we try to wrap the data all together, uh, analytics platforms uh, to uh, um, make good stories of what's actually happening for talent acquisition and what those outcomes are. But the cool part is that we get to try lots of stuff. Um, you know, we know a lot of the recruiting technology in the market, uh, and we're always experimenting, trying, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, uh, and being able to stay ahead of uh, of the game. So that's uh, I think where where we add some value. So TA. Oh, talent acquisition always likes to bitch about their applicant tracking system. So at this point, what I'm hearing, hearing is shut the fuck up. <laughs> we, we have <laughs> all these applicant tracking systems. But seriously, but seriously, how many clients does Cielo have? You guys are global. So how many how many clients do you deal with? And I mean, these are applicant tracking systems that are not just U.S. based, right? Yeah, of course. So we've got about 100, over 160 clients around the world. Uh, we make over 150,000 hires a year. Um, and so uh, we've got 10 offices around around the world um, in every region of the world. And so, um, yeah, over the years, it's gotten much more complex. And I've, I've been here for seven years. We were a 200-person little RPO when I, when I started, focused only in North America. We've been able to grow to over 2,000 employees around the globe uh, and take on you know, really one of the, only a handful of players in the RPO space that can really handle global, complex mm-hmm. deals. And that's what makes it a ton of fun, man. Like, like it really is, just being able to solve really meaty, complex problems that you really got to wrap your head around and, and think about and, and do it with tech. So talk about the, the global... I guess, variety that you see, what trends are you seeing globally uh, for, for those of us in America that don't necessarily see the world on a regular basis? Yeah. Um, so, so certainly I was in Argentina a couple of weeks ago, for example, the economy is really rough in Argentina right now. So I think it's, it's, you know, good times and big parties in <laughs> North America and in a lot of the Europe. Uh, but, but in, uh, there are certain parts of the world that are, that are, that's, it's not uh, right now. And so I think, um, understanding not only the economic situation of those countries, but also their maturity when it comes to talent acquisition, the story we hear over and over and over again in Latin America and Asia Pacific is uh, there's a global ATS implemented from our company, but nobody really uses it. Um, and there are processes that you know corporate follows, but here it's different in our region. Nobody uses those systems. And, and some of that is the system's fault where they're not really set up to handle those environments well. But a lot of it also is just business process maturity. Uh, and, and, and so uh, in many ways, those regions are the Wild West. And, and it's the global companies that are coming first to, to, to introduce introduce more process and introduce more systems to do that. And so that's much of what we do in our programs is get uh, more global consistency because companies want to globalize. They want to be able to see where their talent is around the world. I mean, mobility of talent um, is is incredible today, uh, and, and, but it doesn't work if we're not all working in some of the same systems and have the right business process. And you can't find them here, right? So if you can't find them here in the U.S., and there, there are individuals that are are obviously abroad, and and you can work virtually. Then yeah, there there's an opportunity to do something like that. Now you talk about process, and I and when we talk about technology, I don't believe that we talk about process enough. But I would believe, and tell me if I'm wrong, that process has a lot to do with the technologies that you and Cielo 
actually pick to integrate into uh, your your client's systems or their quote unquote stack. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it's it's a ton about process, and I actually think that that process is where. I mean, the process is the name of RPO, right? <laughs> process outsourcing um, has is is a big reason why we're able to be somewhat successful um, uh, in in making technology work for clients because we always have like our vantage point is always that end outcome in mind. Like we don't get paid for making people feel good. We don't get paid for um, you know getting thirty percent more uh, clicks. Uh, we get paid for hires and outcomes, yeah. right? Yeah. And that that's always has to be our focus. So we, we can't use technology that is super cool and we like the salesperson, but doesn't work. That's not our game. Like, like everything has to work um, and, and we have to be able to get outcomes from it. I think I was, I was you know, telling you the, talking the other day some about um, uh, what, what, what I see with vendors in um, starting to have some uh, challenges because they only see part of the outcome. Yeah. Uh, in, in their in their in their in what they're putting in, and the incentives aren't always aligned. Um, I was working with a client last week, and um, there were they had two vendors kind of working together, uh, and and I could tell that both the vendors had their goal, neither of which was the client's uh-huh. goal. <laughs> uh, the, the vendor on the front end, their goal was to get more people through the very front end of the process through the website, and they did it. They got thirty percent more people through the front end application. They felt great. They thought they were serving the client really well. Um, the second vendor was working on screening and they were, their goal was to get as much of the process and their tool as possible. So they wanted to be sticky. They wanted to be that vendor that had, that, that, that could be really well embedded. Um, and, uh, and so they created this long process where they're using a ton of the, that solution. And at the end of the day, uh, they had half the output that they did before those two vendors tried to optimize this process. And, and that happens because gotcha. those two vendors achieved their individual goals, but neither of them looked at the process uh-huh. <laughs> and the actual goal of the, of, of the client. So you, in effect, are really referee and diplomat all the way through this. I mean, you have to you have to focus on the client's goals because at the end of the day, if they're not getting outcomes, it doesn't matter if these other two platforms feel good about themselves. If they're not getting outcomes, it, none of this matters. Yeah, I mean, diplomat's probably a strong word. I'm probably not a very diplomatic diplomat, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, neither is Chad. Definitely not. But 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 yeah, I mean, that's exactly it, right? Like trying to get everybody to play because um, you know this is getting more complex in 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 getting vendors to work together, kind of creating these stacks uh, of of technology in an ecosystem, mm-hmm. um, and 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 so. Uh, it just requires someone with that process focus and the outcome focus and the, and the data focus to, to make it all work together to, to orchestrate the parties because everyone's got their lens, everyone's got their incentives uh, and being sure that the incentive is always outputs. Adam, there are about three or so recent events in recruiting and I just want to get your thoughts on each one of them. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So number one, uh, Amazon recently canceled an AI recruiting program because it was biased <laughs> uh, towards men. Uh, Upwork recently <laughs> went public. Um, interested on your your opinion of the gig economy and where that's going and how that impacts your business. And yesterday, LinkedIn uh, launched an ATS. Those three things. I'd like your sort of your take on those. Awesome, quick hit. Here we go. Um, I, I mean, Amazon should cancel AI that's biased against women. I mean, <laughs> ab- absolutely. And I think that's, that's just a good object lesson to say, you know, um, there's lots of fancy things out there. And I know lots of startups that are working on those, those, those problems. They're, they're all excited to use uh, machine learning technology to do these certain things. But I think we've, we've just got to be sure that it works. And so one of the things that we have at, at Cielo, we have something we call Skylabs. And that's where we test things. 
Uh, and so we've got lots of things in testing at all times, doing exactly what what that's what Amazon did, which is to let's put something into practice, but then let's learn from it, and let's figure out if this is going to be scalable or not. So um, one of them we use is a, like a voice analysis tool, so so we don't have to listen to recorded <laughs> uh, interviews, those, those types of things, um, to uh, to do that. And we just spent the last six months gathering data on it, but not actually using it. Um, and so we'll go back and we'll do some ex post analysis on whether that that is um, has bias in it and how, whether it's effective, those types of things. But it's just a good object lesson that we've got to test. We've got to be sure that all this stuff works in the real world. But you're still bullish on AI? Yeah. I'm hearing. Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, um, applied broadly uh, to, uh, to lots, of, <laughs> lots of different ways. I mean, I think there's, there's, you know, you can use that word to say, I mean, just about anything in these days. But um, yeah, I think there are lots of AI that drives automation in the process for sure. Well, and I think before, you know, before we hit Upwork, so so the definition of, quote unquote, what works is pretty important. The the perspective impact on your talent pool and, you know, obviously a talent pool that you have in your applicant tracking system and also the talent pool that's that's out there you're going to try to attract. But to me, it seems like we just overthink shit too much. <laughs> this AI, I mean, is it just me? I mean, the simplicity of if you're qualified or not qualified to me is, you know, that, that just kind of makes sense. Um, but don't you think a lot of these algorithms are just getting way too complex and they're not focusing on re- what really matters? <laughs> I, I would say there's a, a pretty good um, uh, bucket of stuff that we're overthinking. There's probably a decent bucket of things that we're way underthinking. We just got to get <laughs> right in the middle of, of that. Got to get to more sweet spot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. So Upwork, what do you think about the gig economy? Yeah, I mean, gig economy is 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 real. Um, certainly, lots of people want to work um, in more flexible ways. I think Upwork is one of a few companies that have a good chance to change how people in the corporate world access this talent, right? Um, and so, I think uh, we've got to find a way to to have people access that talent. That is secure. That is um, uh, helps get them paid well, um, yeah. and helps uh, helps us get this done. But I think what what we see is 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 one of a couple of things. We see people doing it in the dark, where they're uh, you know uh, running gigs on, on on Upwork or Fiverr and then expensing it <laughs> because <laughs> they, uh, uh, doing that. Or um, it's all it's all it's some of it's run by procurement, and in HR has no sense of any of this going on. And did you think of? HR's responsibility to manage talent in an organization, mm-hmm. yeah. um, that has to be included in that total talent package. And, and that's, you know, the first step, but that's actually moving contingent labor and permanent labor together. So contingents often run out of procurement today. Mm-hmm. But then how do we work with interns? How do we work with contractors, volunteers, uh, people in our expert network, gig workers, uh, even uh, robots, uh, robotic process automation? How do we keep that in our total talent pool mm-hmm. to HR responsible for getting work done and the, and the total workforce, not just permanent hires. It just doesn't make sense to have those all over the place in the organization. So in Upwork, they've got a good chance to get to help bring help take a good step to bring that together. So do, do you see Cielo actually prospectively creating a model to help some of your clients start to use and, and start to change the way that, that they think about work instead of it being a nine to five kind of a job anymore? It's broken up into projects that instead of them trying to manage, because that would be a total bitch for them to try to manage, <laughs> Cielo, Cielo could have a model to be able to manage those types of things. Is that something that 
we could prospectively be seeing? Uh, yeah, I mean, you'll see, we're, we're, we have uh, programs in early stages of that today. The the hotter market for that right now is actually Europe and specifically the UK, uh, where so much of the total talent market is started to, to mature a little bit more quickly, I think, than, than the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also got a couple of, of pilot programs in the US that are happening with um, uh, with total talent as well. So I think it's a vision that, that we've got. There's a lot of org change that has to happen, right? So we've got to work with procurement. We've got to work with uh, parts of the business to help help them realize that vision. Uh, but many of our, our, our more forward-thinking clients are, are all on board with that. We're, we're working through that with them right now. Cool. So in, in pure cock block fashion, uh, Chad sort of <laughs> totally destroyed my series of questions by interrupting all of them. So we failed to get to LinkedIn um, and some of the announcements out of out of them this week, particularly the ATS. Wondering what your your take is on what LinkedIn's up to. <laughs> yeah, I think Microsoft has been a huge help for LinkedIn to, to be able to help clarify their their vision, get more integrated with the enterprise. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what they have, and, and they're going to start with um, sort of the, the SMB market, as seemingly everyone does when they enter this this space. Uh, and, and much like Google Hire, I think they create a ripple effect by doing that. So you see all the the, the the startups that were playing in the SMB space and trying to be in that running away from them like as fast as they can trying to get into mid-market. Um, you see mid-market trying to get an enterprise and you've just got this massive log jam of companies in the middle that many of them won't survive, right? Uh, but I think LinkedIn has a real shot to take the data. It's the largest data people in the world, right? Take that data and, uh, and, and, and make it work as an ATS. I think there's no reason why they can't succeed um, in, in doing that. Don't you see a Trojan horse happening here though? I'm going to ask it before Joel does, because I know he's going to ask this one. <laughs> Trojan horse? No? Yes? There's no secret that they want to be more involved in the enterprise, uh, both LinkedIn and, and, and Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think a company like Microsoft buys an asset like LinkedIn sort of to be a Trojan horse in some ways, right? So, so absolutely. So we talked about three companies that are pretty well known, and you listen to the show fairly regularly, I believe, Adam, as you should. I do. You see a lot of technologies and, and solutions out there. What are ones that we're not talking about that we should? Sort of the hidden gems out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so I think Chad uh, has talked about a, a couple of those over the uh, over the course of the show. Uncommon is certainly one that I think uh, is uncommon, perhaps, but uh, but a, a super interesting company. Yeah, I know, right? No more puns. None of that. <laughs> um, uh, but 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 one that I think has an interesting background and and has uh, some some good um, uh, technology behind it and an interesting team behind them. Um, uh, another company that uh, most people won't know uh, is Talentify, uh, Orlando, Florida-based company, um, one that Cielo is heavily involved in, uh, but uh, helping to use uh, some really interesting technology uh, and, a, and a platform to get companies on hourly hiring. Another company that I, that I like uh, is actually Brazilian-based uh, called Rocketmat, um, u- using some machine learning to uh, to. to Test outcomes uh, from I'm sorry, hiring. Rocket Matt. Matt with a T. Yeah, Rocket Matt. Just one T. One so it's T. not like a dude named Matt who has a rocket that is on the logo or anything. Rocket Matt. Rocket okay. Matt. Yeah, and Sao Paulo, Brazil. So, uh, but uh, but some uh, interesting guys that have some technology that uh, does some machine learning to uh, to to help with matching and uh, an outcomes based. Uh, pieces. So you can tell I like outcomes based things. So I've um, been working with them some to do some interesting work. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, Talentify because you're talking about the high volume side of the house and you guys came out with months ago, probably six months, maybe even more. I don't know if it was a case study or just a press release, but you had some pretty damn awesome numbers to share. And I'm sure at this point you have even better ones. So on the high volume side, and, and even if it goes beyond that, what have you been able to do to be able to really focus on process and effectiveness of, uh, of, of driving those types of uh, outcomes, those hiring outcomes? We came out with a new product last year we called High Volume RPO. I know, super creative naming on our part, right? <laughs> um, but our, our use case in that was to be able to serve um, companies that we hadn't been able to serve before. People that hire a lot of the same position, they're oftentimes highly distributed geographically. They don't have like a thousand uh, openings in one place. They've got one opening at a thousand places. Uh, so uh, technology is really best to serve that. And it's typically not to replace HR. It's to replace the hiring manager having to do it as part of their job and probably sucking at it. Uh, and so to help those people make better decisions and to help them hire well. Um, and so... We've been working in, in, that, in this space for, for some time, and I've, I've always tried to piece together certain parts of it, and it was always quite kind of difficult. And so mm-hmm. about a year and a half ago, we said, you know what? We know how this should work. Let's build a platform that, that will actually do this right. Uh, and so we did. Um, and, and, and there's probably three things that it does well. One of those is, uh, is after Joel's heart, maybe, which is programmatic advertising mm-hmm. uh, and using media spend really well. Um, and so, yeah, right? Um, and be able to, to do that. And the second one is having, of course, a mobile-first platform, but one that's driven on mobile and text. Uh, uh, as you think about people that uh, hire are for hourly jobs, typically, is our target market. Mm-hmm. They spend their time on their phone. These people often don't even own computers. Uh, and so it has to be done on, on the phone. It has to have a high level of, of automation. Uh, and then the third piece was uh, uh, being able to have some selection, uh, thinking differently about selection. So... <laughs> As we looked at the, the, the idea of a phone interview for many of the hourly roles that we have, it's kind of a waste of time. <laughs> um, we found that it didn't add a lot of value in terms of the selection validity. Oh, wait, wait, say that again. Say that again, because I, there are companies that are out there that just don't get this, this idea yet from an effectiveness standpoint. So say that again, if you would. I mean, Chad, we, 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 we probably, from an IO standpoint, yeah. we've known for 40, like 40 years that an unstructured interview is not a particularly valid method of selection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And yet, like... We just haven't, as an industry, thought of something better. We keep uh, and, fucking and, doing it, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, we absolutely do. Absolutely do. So, so, but when we we broke that down, we looked at we we didn't find selection validity, but we did find engagement validity to that phone screen. So, in, in, a, in a phone screen for like an hourly worker, we thought this was valuable because we were screening them out. Or, but what we were actually adding value was we were engaging that person, mm-hmm. uh, and so they were more likely to give us uh, good customer experience ratings or candidate experience ratings. They're more likely to show up to their interview um, if they were engaged by a person. Kind of creates that social contract, like. I don't want to disappoint Joel because I talked to him in this interview. So I'll, yeah, I'm going to this interview. So we just kind of backed that out a little bit and we replaced the, um, the actual phone interview with some quick assessments. Uh-huh. So like a two minute disc assessment um, for frontline roles, like an EQ assessment for emotional intelligence, like a recorded phone call that's measured with the uh, voice analysis. And then we put in some intentional human engagement, right? So we have had people call and just check in on people to say, hey, I see you have an interview scheduled for tomorrow. We're really excited to see you. Let me tell you about why I love working here. And do you have any questions? So, and, and, and right back up with those rates for, for engagement, right? So, so just thinking differently about how we engage people instead of having this formal phone screen thing that, that we've done for ages. Uh-huh. It was about 
a couple quick assessments and then some good engagement calls. So what about those engagement calls though, real quick? Uh, do you really need, and are you seeing with all your data that you really need that in- engagement call from a human being? Or do you think that just a quick text that could be automated really just does the job anyway? And it, 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 from an overhead standpoint, you don't have to pay somebody to be making calls. Yep. So uh, you know me, Chad. So so we did all the math <laughs> uh, on that. I know. So we spent um, some time doing A-B testing where we sent texts and we send texts um, to confirm. We send uh, uh, texts to engage. Any point in the process, we send tens of thousands of texts a month, mostly automated, some of them manual. But uh-huh. what we saw was when, uh, when a person calls and, and engages, we saw a high enough increase in the or decrease in the no-show rate for interviews uh, that it was worth about two and a half X what we actually paid people to do it. Um, we found, so, so we took it out for some and we put it back in because it had a uh, positive ROI. Nice. Adam, you guys cover pretty much the globe, but you guys cover just about every industry from healthcare, tech, technology, consumer stuff, manufacturing. Um, Talk about the trends in each of those and how some of those are different. Yeah, um, certainly healthcare is, is one of our, our key industries. So, so from an RPO standpoint, um, you know, we've, we've got a significant part of our business in healthcare, number one in healthcare for uh, as long as it's been measured. Uh, from an RPO standpoint, um, that's an industry that is really interesting um, in, in that there's a structural labor shortage, like the structural, there just aren't enough nurses, skilled nurses to work. <laughs> um, and so um, I think what we've seen there is companies having to get more creative about how we're going to, how we're going to do this. Um, and so we can't just fight in this bloody red battle for experience nurses with 10 years experience forever. Right. So we've got to just figure out how we can do things right. differently, whether it's new graduate nurse programs to train them, whether it's bringing people in from uh, sort of mature, mature nursing markets like the Philippines or Puerto Rico, um, whether it is uh, labor pools where we can exchange and have, have uh, nurse pools that share with some of our competitors, um, tr- all those yeah. things that can, can get better solutions in that. So we keep hearing about all the nice bright and shinies. We already talked about LinkedIn and Microsoft and so on and so forth. But do you see Google Cloud Talent Solution, which I think is a worse name than high volume RPO, by the way. <laughs> um, Google <laughs> Cloud Talent Solution. Go, go canvas.io. Yeah, that's a bad URL. Um, do, do you see those enterprise products making an impact or is it just a lot of noise? No, it's definitely an impact. I think we well, we've seen a lot of sort of the, the startups in that in that were that were working on that problem, so trying to do some essentially advanced keyword matching, essentially exit the market. Uh, and so, uh-huh. so people that are trying to solve some of the same problems. I think they're all looking at Google, being like, "Well, <laughs> Google's in my space now, and 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 it's time to punt." Um, and so, even look at technology vendors that are thinking about how they're going to build matching, how they're who they're going to partner with. Like Google uh-huh. is just the easy answer for a ton of a, a ton of them. So I, I think it's almost going to become the default. I don't know if that's good or bad that the, the default, but 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 I, I certainly see a lot of people using that and continuing to uh, go down that path. Gotcha. So Joel and I talk about chatbots all the time, and we disagree in some cases. Never. So do you believe that chatbots are definitely going to be a part of long-term process uh, and they're big for the market, or do you just believe they're a waste of time? Uh, I'm, I'm actually somewhere in between. Sorry to be that guy. But... Um, <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> <laughs> I, I actually think that um, that the success of chatbots in town acquisition mm-hmm. is 100% tied to the success of chatbots in our consumer lives. So, so if it, the general population gets comfortable with chatbots for 
banking, for um, their, 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 all the, the services they use in their personal life, uh-huh. uh, and, and, and there's a wide acceptance of chatbots, and that's a way that people want to communicate, then I think we're, uh, it'll succeed in recruiting. Um, I think today we're sort of in the early innings there, right, where um, people are starting to use chatbots, recognize that they're chatbots, and, and some pushback and some acceptance. Uh, but ultimately, it's more about the process than it is about what actually, what, what it means to the medium. Mm-hmm. I, I assume you'd say the same about virtual reality. <laughs> oh, good God, no. <laughs> Now, I, <laughs> there are a couple. <laughs> there are a couple of super niche cases for virtual reality, but I, I, don't, I actually don't really ever see that hitting mainstream. No, but but your comment your comment about chatbots was if it hits mainstream, then I think X, Y, and Z. So what I'm saying is, if VR yeah. does create become mainstream, is it a viable recruiting tool? Yeah, I mean certainly. I mean the the, the major problem with VR and recruitment is is um, six axis VR is actually pretty cool and could be useful. But you got to have all this equipment to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, otherwise, you're just strapping a phone to your face and walking around. Um, <laughs> and so, so you say so that like people. it's a bad thing. <laughs> so, I'm doing so I think it right I, now. I, 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 <laughs> so, I, so as you get acceptance, it could work. But I, I, I actually don't see that being a huge part of our, our industry in the future. Fine. <laughs> I'm a fun hater, I guess, huh? Be that way. <laughs> well, cool, man. I appreciate you taking the time. We obviously wanted to dive deep into tech. Is there something else that, uh, that, that another question that is out there that we didn't what, ask? What didn't we ask you that we should have? Yeah, I think I think a couple of things, big things trend wise are we're seeing a, a ton of uh, new technology and diversity and inclusion um, that I think is interesting. Ah, um, I think there's a lot of what else. Uh, BS there to yes. be honest, where yes. where yes. yeah, where um, I think any technology today that like has some element where they're not explicitly discriminating against element, they're like, oh, this is this is a DNI tech, mm-hmm. right? So so just like you know, we saw predictive analytics and big data and then AI, DNI is like the next buzzword that ends up on everybody's uh, website. But there is some cool tech in that space. Um, you've got Telvista, you've got Blendor. There's some interesting tools that that will that that will help with that. I think the other big trend that that I'm seeing is uh, what I call the second platform where in the HR tech space, because ATSs have some feature gaps, I'll leave it there, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, people put in point solutions, you know, some couple years ago, put in, you know, Aventure for CRM, you put in Yellow for Campus, you put in Phenom for your website, you put in someone for referrals. Uh, and then uh, those those companies' clients have all asked them to start building each other's solutions. So there's this there's there's, there's a fairly big uh, battle shaping up in that second platform space where um, a lot of those point solutions are now trying to be platforms on top of an ATS. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be some pretty solid consolidation there in the next uh, uh, 12 to 24 months, I think. So I think that's an interesting one for me to watch too. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Hey, Adam, man, we know you're a busy guy. Thanks for coming uh, to visit with us for a Woo-hoo! while. For those who don't know Cielo, want to learn more, where should they go? Uh, CieloTalent.com is our spot. And uh, yeah, love to have a, have a chat. Excellent, dude. Excellent. We out. Cool. Thanks, guys. This has been the Chat and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Oh yeah, you're welcome. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform. 
where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.